And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. Welcome to the the uh, Friday episode of the Elevating IT podcast and weekly sales wrap here live on Facebook and on YouTube. Hopefully you're watching live. If you're not watching, if you're watching on the recording, welcome. And uh, <clears throat> my name is Mike Brooks. I am here with my good friend, Frank M.D. Benedetto. I always forget the M, but you put it in, so I should say it, right? You should. Uh, one time, uh, I remember I was spelling my name, and then the lady I was talking to said, she, I, "I said M," and she goes, "M is in Mary." I said, "No, M is in Michael." Is your is that your middle name? Is my first name? It is. My middle name is your first name. That's awesome. So for me, it's first. For you, it's second. If we were in second grade, that would have been like a big deal right now. We'd right, like, it would be. It'd be like a little jingle about it. But since we're since, since we're, in we're the, not, we're since just we're in the third on. grade. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Frank Michael. Yeah. My first so, name's not Francis. It's not Franklin. It's just plain old Frank, you know. Just plain old Frank. Well, yep. no today we're going to talk about you. Today we're going to talk oh. about Frank Michael. There we so, go. I don't know if I told you this, but I sent an email out promoting that we're going to talk about how you scaled your business. So we're talking all about you. And uh, I, I, I sent it out with a head with a subject line was wow. Do you know why I did that? Because I'm impressed. I'm always impressed. Like, and you know, me and you have known each other for a long time. And you want to see something? This was a, a friend of mine who used to teach uh, preschool. She used to do this with the kids. You go, wow, you like this? You go. Right. <laughs> you hold up. You hold up three fingers on both sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Here's your head. My head is rounder <laughs> than yours. Didn't really I look, get it. Didn't really look right when I was trying to do it. <laughs> anyway, it yeah. looked right when I did it because my head yeah. is round. You look like Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. Wow. And I said that because you know it is impressive. I always like you know we we get caught up in what we do, and but uh, yeah, sometimes I. And I write a lot of content. I do a lot of the training and I use, you know, we use two river tech, your, your MSP as an example, because it is a great example of you were the first audit user. <laughs> you um, ran and ran and I'll give a little history. I think a lot of people know um, you, you run and ran an MSP called two river technology group in New Jersey. And you one day decided you needed a better way to sell. And that's where audit was kind of born and came from. And uh, that's part of your story. But what's interesting, and I think what would be interesting to, to people listening, is how you manage to do that. Because it's hard enough to run one business. <laughs> Most people are probably going to be nodding with me going, yeah, it's, it's, it's how do you run one business successfully? You're running two successful businesses. Um, you know, I, I've tried to do it before, and it was, it was not, a great, not a great road for me. I couldn't run one. I had to get rid of one to be able to run the other. I just couldn't do it. It's not, I, you know, I had a hard time doing one. So, you know, I wanted to share that, you know, have you kind of share that story. And for people watching, please ask questions, pop them in the uh, comments, whether you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook. And uh, we'll, we'll answer, you know, Frank will answer your questions. We'll answer your questions about how he's doing that. Uh, you are full-time in your MSP, right? Day to day, you're out there selling and you're out there doing it and you're fairly busy in audit as well right so why well let's start with this why on earth would anybody want to run two business 
businesses? So I don't know that I woke up one day and said, hey, I want to have two businesses. I really think um, like where you touched on first was that I was in search of a better tool uh, or a way to sell. And, you know, for me, when you talk about scaling in the business, I mean, there's a bunch of different aspects. But where I was at in the business was how can I make my life uh, easier and how could I sell more without a ton more uh, extra effort? And so I'm, I was, I'm always looking at ways to improve that. And when it came down to the pure selling, um, I was finding it was getting more and more challenging just simply because of the um, all the different products that were continuing to, to flood the MSP space. You know, like right now, I think it's fair to say that, you know, every day we see a new cybersecurity type of tool. Um, that's really important. But, you know, you need to be able to uh, sell this to the prospects or to clients. And it was getting more and more complicated. And, and I found that there's a huge disconnect in um, what the prospect or client really understood. Um, and so um, it was challenging to get them to see the value in the solution. And I think that I had been educated by you know 25 different people or entities in the industry and what I was doing was like, a, like a, a combination of all of those. And I don't know that I could say it was working perfectly. So when I sought uh, a better way to sell, that was where the, the basis of audit came from. So I started to use it for myself uh, just sort of as a proof of concept. I never really had any uh, initially uh, any desire to, to, to turn it into a business or try to monetize that. But one thing that... Um, struck me was that when I would go into a prospect's office, and we talked about this, my best prospects are somebody, some other MSP's client, right? Because they're already spending and writing that check every month. So it's a good prospect for me. Typically, I'm getting my foot in there, uh, foot in the door, if there is a problem that the prospect seems to have, right? They wouldn't be interviewing me or asking me to come in if they're happy with their current MSP. But when I would go in there, I would be disappointed at what I would find. And it, it dawned on me that it can't possibly be that MSP, all the MSPs around me were just bad, right? They didn't know what they were doing technically. It couldn't possibly be that there were no good products and services to sell to them, right? So what I really boiled it down to was the, the reason why I was finding prospect after prospect in disarray was because MSPs have a tough time selling right? They're usually technical. So they were having the exact same problem I was having. And what I realized is, hey, Two River Technology Group and myself are never going to help every small business out there, whether it's in New Jersey or, you know, as we scale out. So um, who was the big loser in this were those SMBs, those small businesses that need our products and services. They're the real losers in this because they've not been empowered to make a good um, buying decision, right? So my thought was, you know, if I was to take the system that I created that worked really well for me and I got other MSPs to use it, right, we, you know, I'll audit, then who's the real beneficiary here are the small businesses that would then be able to say, oh, now I understand what your solution is about. Yes, we will buy, right? 
And then what we would find is more and more businesses would have the, product, the proper products and services. They'd be more well protected. There'd be less, you know, ransomware and, you know, data breaches, et cetera. So that was really how this thing all kind of came about. Um, and so before we knew it, um, you know, we had all these MSPs that were asking to use it. And then they started to, and then we started to get all that amazing feedback and testimonials, right? Which was what further, um, I think, fueled us, right? Because it was exciting. I knew what my results were, but it's exciting to hear about it from other MSPs. And then it grew. And I mean, honestly, you know, they talk about people, product, and process. It's the people around you that allow you to build and scale that, right? So if I didn't have the right people on both sides at Two River Technology Group and at Audit, I don't think I'd be successful in either of those businesses. So it really is important to to surround yourself um, with other people who can who can you know deliver results and get the job done. Well, well, talk about talk about tech, tech, tech as far as, as, far as <laughs> your your structure. How many people do you have? Who does what? How are you structured? How how does Two River Tech work? Yeah, it's a good question. So there's uh, there's actually nine of us right now. Um, you know, I run the business. I also head up sales. Uh, I do you know what's considered owner owner led selling. Um, tried to build out a sales engine. Um, it haven't been quite as successful. So uh, I continue to do it myself. Um, we have the inside sales uh, person um, who helps with account management, and then uh, the rest of the team, the other seven are essentially uh, dedicated towards uh, support, um, you know, and my big belief is that um, it's all about the customer service side of it, right? So so really focused on the customer service and the delivery of those services. Uh, we do split it up into proactive, uh, you, know, you know, services. And so those are things like um, where we uh, schedule things and then reactive, right? That's more of the, the support and, uh, you know, we we probably you know we handle um, you know any given time we have like thirty tickets on our reactive board. Uh, I know companies that are about our size sometimes you know have having hundreds. Some of my peers, you know, have have a lot more tickets than we do. So it really is it was about product selection. You know, um, a lot about moving to the cloud, partnering with the, the right cloud company where they're doing uh, a lot of the heavy lifting. So those people aren't on my payroll. But those are more like the level three type techs that are on you know the, the cloud vendor side so it's allowed us to stay uh, more focused on the customer service delivery side as opposed to that back office engineering uh, type of uh, uh, scenario so it's a good breakdown for us allows us to be very leveraged and um, you know so far um, it's what's served to river tech well can you dig into a little bit more on why you're experiencing less support tickets than your peers. I mean, there, there's you and you said it's a lot of its product selection. I think people would probably be interested to know what your stack looks like. You know what what things you're doing that are allowing you because that that has to do with scaling, right? Like if you if you um, if you're dealing with double, triple the problems, you you have more resources that you have to assign to that. So talk a little bit about that. So in 2012, um, you know, we were we were operating as a traditional managed services provider, a lot of on-prem solutions, you know, servers at the time. Uh, we made a lot of money installing small business servers, you know, Microsoft product that it's no longer in existence. But um, that was pretty much the core of our of our our stack. 
Um, I had started looking right around that time at cloud solutions because I knew that's where the industry was going. You know, Gretzky said so what made him great was he went where the puck was going, right? So, you know, I always try to stay ahead of the curve. And I, and I saw, I said that, you know, that everything's going to go to the cloud. So I don't want to be the last guy trying to sell an on-prem server. And as I was in the process of partnering with a company after having vetted several, Hurricane Sandy hit and in our area. And it delivered a really painful lesson in business continuity. And so we had a lot of clients that were like, hey, we need to be on the cloud like yesterday. So we spent the next three years primarily migrating our existing clients and only selling that solution to new clients. Because I said, I never want to be in a situation where we're dealing with, you know, uh, a lack of business continuity. Um, you know, fast forward to today, this pandemic, again, is another example of a business continuity event. Our clients are well prepared, but something sort of magical happened along the way is that our ticket count kept going down, down, down. And the, the ones that we had the most tickets were for were, were on the clients that we hadn't yet moved over to the cloud platform. So, um, you know, I learned from Gary Pika years ago about alignment of your solution stack. You know, you want to you want to figure out what your stack should look like. And then you want to try to get all of your clients using that, because when you do that, now your support technicians don't have to be an experts in a thousand different things. They could be, you know, instead of being generalists, they can be experts in just a smaller number. So like, as an example, we're a sonic wall shop. Uh, we have been for 12 plus years, maybe, maybe longer, maybe 15 years. So that's what we sell. That's what we service. That's what we monitor and support. If you come on board with two river, you're getting a sonic wall. I don't care if you bought, another firewall yesterday. And I tell the client straight up, I say, you don't want us learning how to, you know, support this firewall that we don't know. We're not experts in I, on, I, you know, on your, um, on your time. You know what I mean? It's too risky. Plus too problematic for us, right? The whole machine grinds to a halt when someone's like, Hey, how do we, how do we manage this watch guard firewall? And everyone's got to figure stuff out. Whereas Sonic wall, you know, we've got the people who know that we can keep going. And you take that mentality and you apply that to, you know, other areas or other of your stack. And uh, it just makes it a whole lot easier to support, it makes you more highly leveraged. You don't need as many people. Ticket counts go down. Um, and then, you know, we just put together a spreadsheet, honestly, in the beginning. It was really that all the clients are, you know, on the left hand column across the top or all the different line, you know, items in our solution stack. And we, we started using the same red, yellow, green with, you know, as audit. And if they had it, it was green. If they didn't, it was red. And sometimes it'd be yellow, like maybe it wasn't a fit or they didn't really need it. So like I had like a kind of my own little system. And the goal was always to get as much green as we could. So when we would do business reviews, I would be able to quickly spot check and say, oh, they're not using these, you know, products or services that we, we think they should. And that would go into, you know, into the audit. So really the alignment um, was super important um, in order to be able to achieve that, that kind of leverage. Interesting. Interesting. Other, uh, Other things uh, that you see that, that your peers, maybe their peers who are struggling to kind of get to where you are. Um, what, what things do you see that, that MSPs need to worry about or maybe mistakes they make or, you know, things that are standing in their way? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it starts with product, right? You have to um, you have to figure out what it is that you are going to want to sell, right? You've got to put your stack together. I think that's pretty easy. I don't know that other MSPs make mistakes because I think there's so many good programs out there that you can educate yourself and follow, including the vendors. I mean, the vendors do, you know, really do sponsor a lot of 
uh, educational content these days. So, you know, you can kind of figure out what you, what you think you'd want. Um, I think um, the next part of it for us was people. So as we started to scale, I had to hire people. And then um, it exposed the, the other problem that I didn't realize that we had, and that was process, right? When you hire a bunch of people, everyone's trying to learn how to do their job. And if you don't have everything documented, all your processes documented, then it becomes, hey, ask Joe, hey, ask, ask Mike, and then over and over. And then you suddenly realize, what if Joe or Mike wasn't here, right? Mm-hmm. Who like So, um, and that's where, um, you know, we really got serious. Uh, and, and it started last year. And then during COVID, we just, things kind of slowed down, like the whole world slowed down. So it really allowed us to to uh, write a lot of SOPs. We've probably written over 150 SOPs this year alone. Some of them were already there and some had to be revised and some we created. But now everything that we do, uh, every new product that we bring on, uh, we write an SOP for it. And and many times we do a client facing uh, SOP because, you know, instead of having to tell a client as a technician, you know, typing up what to do, it's far easier to copy a link and paste it and say, here, follow this. So like I said, it really started with product. People, you know, you need to hire the right people, but you better make sure you have the processes documented or hiring those people. You know, people won't succeed or you just get overwhelmed uh, with with all the people that you've hired because they need to be trained and taught. So they're all interrelated. Well, you did a phenomenal job of finding the right people at audit. I know that for a fact. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, you are a a fantastic member of all that. We we love having you here. Just, uh, (laughs) yeah, I have to go looking for it. Anyway, so you, you hit some speed, some, some bumps along the way. And I've seen you, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to reveal anything. I don't want to talk about, because I know a lot of personal stuff. So I I don't want to say something that I'm not supposed to say here, but You've you've probably been through more things and overcome more obstacles than I think a lot of other business owners, peers that I know uh, have. Like I know everybody has their problems, but I've seen you overcome some some pretty big ones. So I don't know, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you want to share kind of some of those speed bumps you you have encountered and how you overcame them. Yeah, I mean, look. I've always said the bad things happen despite, you know, your, 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 your best laid plans. Right. I mean, uh, you plan and God laughs as, as some people will say, but I, I've learned that those things are going to happen no matter what. And so you've got to be able to just kind of roll with the punches there. The good things I think only happen because you go after them. So working really hard towards goals um, to achieve those, that's only going to happen if, if you make it happen, right? So that's kind of my mentality. I always say, hey, I'm not, I can't control the some of the stuff or the bad things, but if, if it gets there, I'll deal with it. And uh, I'm, but I'm going to keep chasing after the positive because you never just wake up one day and suddenly like there's success, right? It's not like playing the lottery and you just get lucky. So I think with that said, you know, I, I mean, everybody's got something. We've all had things, you know, and it's typically, you know, you got you got things that happen in your personal life and then you have things that happen in business. Um, and again, it, it happens. Um, I can tell you that things that have happened in my personal life um, that have required me to pull back from the business at various times, um, having the right people 
has allowed me to be able to do that. So again, you know, in that case, it comes down to, to people because they were able and empowered to be able to keep running the business, right? So you never want to have a business that's structured such that if you're not there or you're not there, you know, eight hours a day or more, that the thing grinds to a halt, right? So you want to make sure that they know what they're doing, um, they're empowered to do it, that they're excited and motivated, you know, just as much as I am. So there's that. And then, you know, on the, on the business side of things, hey, you know, lost a big client that we actually shared, uh, we shared space with. And, um, you know, it was a real, that was a real pain, right? You know, this was years ago, but, you know, what happens when the client who's where you're, who uh, has, you know, office space that you're renting from decides they don't want to be your client anymore. I mean, you know, they were kind of nice about, hey, you can kind of keep your space here, but that was awkward. So, uh, you know, I just, it's just, part of life you know you just got to keep 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 going forward um you know again it always seems like you know a door closes and a window opens and we got space somewhere else and that space is in this big building and we've gotten tons of business because we're in that building and you know at the time you know short-sighted i was kind of woe is me this sucks but you know i look back on it i'm like wow this is one of the best things that could have happened so sometimes these things are you know are 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 disguised and uh, you just have to you know, you have to not, I think, take yourself too, too seriously day to day. You know, <laughs> you just keep plowing forward. So I don't know. I read a lot of books to try to stay motivated. Um, and I think, you know, I've always been a big believer. You do the right things long enough consistently and good things happen to you. But, yeah, there will be some potholes and some speed bumps along the way. Yeah. And, you know, I I know if ha having been <clears throat> chatting with you about these things along the way, I, I thought, you know, man, this could really take. The business apart and you you were always even keel about it you were always like um hey this happened it is what it is i'm gonna and and i think that's part of the reason why you're able to steer around things because you're you you don't get bogged down in 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 being worried about stuff you, you just never have um but also the you have an in, you have real good financial discipline too You've, I've seen you do it directly with audit, how you ran audit as, as a finance, as the, you're really the CFO of audit as well as the founder, as well as the visionary. You're, you know, we all wear a lot of hats, but you're, you're running the financial and, and I saw how you did it right from the, the, the get go. And it was impressive. And I'm sure you do the same thing with two river tech. That makes a big difference because, you know, when you are, when you lose a client, your biggest client, and you're potentially going to lose your your space, your office space. You have to find new office space. You need the money to be able to do that. You, you can't just like, you know, pull out the credit card or, or go get a loan, which I don't think you you did. You were able to do that. And a lot of that is because you 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 were financially smart along the way. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll address the, um, you know, you talk about the reaction and I, I always feel like, hey, that's what I get paid for. I get paid to lead the business. And if my staff sees me like running from like from a fire or something, they're going to start running and freak out. Right. So there's times where inside me, me I'm a little bit more, uh, you know, emotional than what I show on the outside. But I know that, um, you know, I'm, I'm being paid to lead. So that's so I try to always think about that. And if I could take the as much emotion out of these decisions even better because it helps you think more clearly and make the right decisions. Um, 
So I think that's you know, that's kind of where it starts from. Um, what was the second part? I forgot the. Uh, the sure, part. you know how you approach things, and not not oh, necessarily the behind the scenes of finances, but how you approach finances because that's a that's a killer, right. man. If you don't run a good financial, if you don't manage your finances internally, yeah. it can be money in and money out. You know, we know, and you know, people. I know people who um, probably make a lot of money but they spend as much as they make, if not more. And they're always chasing that next client because they're always trying to, you know, no matter how well they do, they can never achieve success because the profitability is not there. Yep. And that's not a problem you have, you've had. I mean, you know, we're at a good point right now in our business, but you know, you had to, I had to grow to get there. And I think that because I, as the business owner, I, I, look, I really looked at the, the two most important things that I thought like the jobs that I could be doing in the business was selling and, and watching the numbers. Right. Um, and you know, I, I'll say accounting, but it's really more like bookkeeping. It's not that complicated. And so the, I spend a lot of time in both of those roles. I, so I'm able to see like the beginning and I'm able to see the end, like the, what's the end result here? the dollars in the bank account and what's the start, which is sitting with the prospect, trying to get them to say yes. So I think those are two good areas that have served me well. Um, and it's allowed me to, you know, I'm, I'm fairly conservative. I it may have been able to grow faster if I took more risk, um, but I, I don't know, right? Because this is the way I decided to do it. Um, I can tell you with uh, audit, <clears throat> um, we made that decision right out of, I, I did right out of the gate. After having read uh, Michael Michalowicz's book *Profit First, which I thought was just brilliantly simple, and uh, I can remember sitting at the at the bank setting up all the different bank accounts, and the lady looking at me like we're nuts. Um, but you know, obviously there was a reason, and and ultimately it takes a lot of the emotion out of the decision making, right? So you know, we can't pay 125 percent out right to partners, or you know, you can't all get. 130% of, of a dollar, right? So it, it allowed us all to make better decisions. It also allowed us to see what, what what did we have left for expenses, right? So the whole, you know, just for the people who don't understand or haven't read the book, it's basically um, your, um, what was it? Uh, revenue minus profit equals expenses, right? Most right. gap is revenue minus expenses equals profit. So you end up, like you just said, you spend all your money and there is no profit. You don't pay yourself anything. So here, you know, the, the, the revenue comes in and then we paid the partners or, you know, or, you know, the people are expenses, or, you know, first, right. And then what's left was our expenses. So, you know, if you said to me, Hey, can we afford to, to sponsor, be the, you know, the, the bronze sponsor at, you know, a trade show, we would look and see what we could afford. And we make a decision that way. So we never got ourselves into crazy debt or, or you know, ran afoul of anything. And, you know, that's allowed us to stay uh, really fiscally healthy. We've, I think we've then been able to make some really good decisions as we've grown, um, you know, because it's the same formula that we apply. And, uh, you know, that book has, has been phenomenal. So, you know, I, I was actually doing a form of that in Two River Tech, not quite as, as disciplined as the book's said and what we did with audit, but I realized I, I kind of was doing that um, already. And I think that's what's helped me, you know, kind of stay on track and, you know, make, make good financial decisions. Cool. Uh, final question for you is, is because an important part of scaling is your, your business review process and right. making sure that, you, you know, you, I talk to a lot of MSPs 
because of audit. And I know some MSPs are not as profitable as others. And I know that you're a very profitable MSP and, and it's because you're, you're always, you're always doing things that are, that are, that you should be doing, you know, and especially when it comes to getting your clients to use the products that they need to be using. You're not afraid to add things to your stack and, and get folks paying for it. So I wanted to kind of end on that, on the business review process and how that's played into how you've grown. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, um, I think it's all about um, figuring out a way as an MSP to get your clients to do the things that are good for them that make it easier for you as the MSP to run your business and deliver support and service and make a dollar doing it, right? And that's triple win. So if I go to a client and I say, you should buy this thing that helps you, benefits me as your MSP, and I make money doing it, it's awesome. So the business reviews, really, that's what they're about. It's about educating um, the, the existing clients. It's about um, allowing them to make good buying decisions so that way you know if we look back um they feel empowered they never feel like we never talked about certain things and um it's really just a simple process uh you set up the you set up your first business review we talk about this is funny is some msps are like oh i can't get people to do business reviews or you don't want to do them because you know how miserable your client looks when you're doing the review right so you you don't want to do it so the first thing you need to do is get them to say yes to you and use use a different format. You know, we, of course, use audit, but um, we sit down. We don't, you know, hit them over the head with, uh, you know, a Bible full of, of information. Right? We make it very easy for them to you know, look through. Um, we see we, we, we explain exactly, you know, maybe where they're deficient, where they're doing well. They'll always ask, hey, what could we do to do better? You know, we'll have a proposal so we can answer the questions because it always comes down to dollars and cents. And then I think I walk out of every meeting having sold something. And then we just repeat. And before I leave the meeting, we just schedule the next one. And that's pretty simple. It's basic stuff. I go to the dentist every six months. If I waited for six months and then I had to call the dentist, I'd probably forget. And then I'd be like, oh, man, it's been a year. So when I'm there, they say, would you like to make an appointment now? I say, absolutely. You know, I scroll six months ahead. I go, wow, it'll be snowing by then. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, usually I'm standing there in flip-flops thinking like, wow, it's going to be snow. It'd be middle of December. And then before I know it, it's middle of December and I'm, I'm back at the, right? And so I don't have to, I, I take the effort and the thought out of it. And that's what we do. We just set them up again and we follow a, uh, a business review schedule. So for me, it's about the size of the client, right? I'm not going to do a quarterly review with somebody that's only paying us $500 a month, right? Because again, it's about uh, applying our time, you know, in, in the proper areas. So, you know, and so just as an example, I think we say if it's a thousand dollars or less, we're going to do an annual review with you, right? If it's $5,000 or more, we're going to do a quarterly business review. So that way I'm, you know, I'm meeting, you know, more frequently with the accounts that are more profitable. So the, the, the 80 or the 20% of the accounts that make me 80% of our, our money, those are the ones I'm meeting with more. And then the bottom, you know, uh, 80% where I make my 20%, those are the ones that are less frequent. And you just repeat. I mean, it's really not a complicated process. You can do it with people that are regular account managers. You know, you can do it with VCIOs if you, if you, if you, if you go that way. So it doesn't have to be 
uh, a big formal process. It could be more informal with someone who's just doing account management or if you're small, you know, you're the business owner, go out and go see your, go see your clients and uh, you know, and they'll like to hear from you. You pointed out, and sometimes I always, I sort of laugh to myself too. I spend more time just chatting up the client. Hey, how are the kids, you know, how'd that thing work out with the car, you know, whatever it is. And they, and it's cause I, these are busy. These are personal relationships, right? You're not, isn't just two businesses doing business with each other with no interaction, right? This is people to people, you know, that own the business. And I think that that's what really helps uh, cement those relationships. If something, you know, doesn't go quite right on the support side, which is happens, if you have those good relationships, you're not like worried about losing the client um, because you you know that you've got that personal relationship. So um, I think that's you know for us that's really you know breaking it down as simply as I can. Awesome, awesome, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so as folks who are listening to this, if you we're, we're about to wrap up for today, but if you have questions, follow up questions after you've watched this. Pop them in the comments and we'll come back to this I mean, and do this again. I think this was uh, fun to kind of understand how you're doing things. You know, you're, you're successful at what you do. I know you don't like tooting your own horn, so I have to kind of squeeze it out of you. I think it's an important thing. You know, uh, people, other MSPs who are, who are starting up, especially if they're getting started or they're, they're one person operation looking to kind of scale to that next level, uh, look to what you're doing and, uh, they can take a lot from that. So really, really important stuff. And um, yeah, let's wrap it up for today. Great, great show. And thanks for uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Have a good week.